welcome. I'm your host, Don Gutierrez Castro, and you're tuning in to the What's in Your Case podcast. Our guest today is a local songwriter, performer, and she's been singing for, as she says, a lot of years. She's been posting covers to deal with anxiety because at the time she couldn't afford therapy. An artist I recently had the pleasure of sharing a stage with, my guest today, fellow Hufflepuff, Rachel Mullen. Hi. <laughs> I love that. I, I literally did not give any of that to you. You just kind of created that. <laughs> so I'm like trying to withhold my laughter. So I love that. That was all very true. So hi. <laughs> so I've been doing a bit of research on you and it turns out this is not your first podcast. It was your friend's podcast. Did you want to give them a little shout out? Oh yeah, that was Christian Carley. He's in a band right now. It is called Giant Red Rabbit. So he's a fellow musician. He's a drummer. So it was <laughs> it was a while ago, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. On that podcast, you mentioned you got tickets to see the When We Were Young Festival. What was that experience like? It was my first music festival. So definitely I had a lot of learning experiences. It was hot, but it was a lot of fun. I got to see a lot of old bands that we kind of grew up listening to. So I actually was seriously about to wear the shirt today too. So it's kind of <laughs> crazy you, you mentioned that. <laughs> my brother and I, we each do music on our own. My brother AJ has his band with his girlfriend. My other brother Andrew plays guitar for me. And I know that you come from a musical family. You mentioned that your sister sings along with you sometimes. I know that during the show you invited her to sing with you, but she <laughs> declined. Why do you think music is so important for your family? I think it's connected us in a lot of ways. It definitely is. I mean, always having shows and things like that too to support each other and I think is really fun. And I think that's one dynamic that our family is able to have. She grew up doing like singing and dancing group in the area and I did musical theater. And so just kind of like going back and forth, my parents just love seeing us happy doing what we love and stuff. So I think just like having that opportunity to go and support when they're performing is kind of a fun family dynamic. So yeah. So you do musical theater. Yes, yes. How did you get involved with musical theater? I started out in fifth grade. I liked singing in church with a friend of mine. And so we ended up going out for the fifth grade musical Annie. And my friend got Annie and I got Miss Hannigan. And I remember being a little bummed about that, but it wasn't until afterwards when everyone was complimenting me and things like that, I decided I really liked doing it no matter what part I got. So um, I just continued doing that on and on. And I do it even now today with a company out in Lodi. So yeah, just whenever I can, I love musical theater. <laughs> and which productions have you been a part of? Um, I've been in a lot. I've been in Hairspray. I've been in Mamma Mia, West Side Story recently. But yeah, I've, I've done a lot. <laughs> and what was your favorite role that you Probably the only time I got the lead, I was Tracy in Hairspray um, a while ago. Yeah, it was the best experience. So that would be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel, how many musical instruments do you play? I play one. One. <laughs> I play the piano. I've tried playing guitar. I can play G, C, and D like really well. Even E minor, that's an easy one. But other than that, it's just piano for me. <laughs> and a question I like to ask my guest, uh, and so far we've pretty much got a pretty even 50-50. Do you name your instrument? No. No. <gasps> I probably should. <laughs> now, I feel bad. 
That's funny though. It's it's fifty fifty. It's pretty much a fifty fifty. Is Some yours... people haven't even thought about naming their instrument yeah. until that question. I do have a lot of respect for my keyboard, but I haven't named it. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to your discography, I just wanted to point out that you're the first person that I've interviewed that has more covers out than originals. <laughs> but you like to do a little twist to your covers. You arrange it in a way that you put your own stamp on them to make them yours. Aside from them sounding beautiful, why did you choose to start recording covers over originals? I guess I started music in a way that was personable, like it was personal to me. So um, at that point, I didn't even consider myself a songwriter. And so all I knew how to play were the notes written in front of me when I grew up playing piano and then singing like musical theater songs that are already written. And so at that point, I just kind of put the two together. But the only way that I could be creative about it was to change the chords up a bit or like I said like I said at the night at fig tree my fingers only know sad chords so I just pretty much can take a lot of different songs that are typically upbeat or happy poppy and then put my own spin on it because those are the only chords that I know I would say it was easier for me to do that because I wasn't yet comfortable with expressing the actual thoughts in my head I would just make all the other songs the way that I felt. So, yeah. <laughs> and then are there extra steps when releasing covers? Do you have to get permission from the original people? Yeah, I had a couple of mashups. So I took two songs and released them as one. I had a couple of those up, but you have to get the licenses separately. It's a little bit more work. Those are no longer up on Spotify. But if you want to just release a cover of a song, I use DistroKid. And I know a lot of people use DistroKid as their distributor for Spotify and Apple Music. There's basically a button that you press, and I believe it's $12 a year per song, per cover song. And they basically will take care of the royalties and all of that for you. So you don't have to worry about not only the license purchasing and stuff, but also as you get streams, as you make money off of those songs, they only give you what you're given and then give the rest out to the original writers and stuff. So DistroKid makes it really easy to release cover songs. Speaking of your mashup, it was the Somewhere Only We Know and Scientist. That one had 50,000 streams before you ended up taking it down? Yeah. Was it only because of the licensing? Was that the main reason that you pulled it? Yeah, I was at a time in my life where I was wanting to kind of make a change. And that did play a big part in it. Because at that point, I was needing to also use a different distributor. Um, I was using TuneCore for that mashup and that album just because DistroKid wouldn't allow <laughs> mashups. So I really just kind of wanted to close out that account and then just keep everything on one DistroKid account. So yeah, it just, it just kind of made things easier. And I left it up until 50,000. And I was really proud of that. And I know a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> loved that song. I'll just keep making more, more music so yeah do you think we'll see the mashups in a different way maybe like during a live show or something maybe yeah i i invited my cousin to the gig that night and she loved that song and was upset that i took it down and i told her i would work on doing it for that night but i ended up <laughs> it ended up not <laughs> happening obviously so yeah i think it would be cool to try and redo it in my own way at a live performance so maybe <laughs> all right let's take a look at your discography hmm. now 2016, you were part of the Musical Math for Kids Multiplication Facts. 
Yes, I was. You're the voice of fives. Yes, I am. How did you get involved with that project? <laughs> that was actually when I was out doing hairspray in Lodi. A friend of the director asked for some performers to be a part of this project. And it really is a wonderful, a wonderful project that I got to be a part of. But it definitely, it's, <laughs> it definitely is something that is very random on my, <laughs> <laughs> on my appears on section on Spotify. <laughs> but but yeah, it was a lot of fun. So we went to the press recording studio in Stockton, I believe. And that was my first recording session experience. It was really exciting. So yeah, I'm really... <laughs> but yeah, it's very random. <laughs> and then the next one is May 12th. You released the single Something Just Like This, which is a cover. September 3rd, 2019, you released a single for Golden, which is your original. Yes. May 8th, 2020, you released the single Glitter and Crimson. July 28th, 2020, you released the single 500 Miles, which is the duet with your sister. Yes. <laughs> October 3rd, 2020, you released the single Body, which is a duet with another artist called Shell. Mm-hmm. Yes. November 13th, 2020, you released Till You by Woodcherry. You were featured on the song. Yeah. How did you get the opportunity to work with a band from Japan? It was so cool. They just randomly messaged me on Instagram and... There was definitely a communication barrier, uh, you know, hurdle because I wasn't sure what they were asking. Even they asked if I would sing one of their songs and I was like, Oh, like a cover because <laughs> that's all I was doing at the time. And, and they said no. So they sent me the, the instrumental, what they had produced and asked that I would write the lyrics to it and asked if I would sing to it. So that was a really fun experience. And that's the type of music too that I love listening to. I love like dance, EDM, just it, I don't know it. they're my vibe. And so I'm really happy that I found them because I, I still listen to them. But yeah, they just messaged me on Instagram randomly. And then I just sent them the vocals and they put it all together. <laughs> Do you think there'll be any future collaborations with you on them? I don't know. I should reach out to them. They did send another instrumental a while back, but, but it didn't work out at the time. And so um, it would be cool. But yeah, they were recently signed and they've been creating a lot ever since when they had reached out to me too, which makes sense for them to reach out to a random girl in Sacramento, but they actually only had one song up at the time. And so now they're, you know, working nonstop, I feel like. So it was a really cool experience to work with them in that capacity and at that time too for them. So yeah, I, I should probably reach out to them, but we're still friends on Instagram, so. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then April 30th, 2021, you released the single Open Your Eyes. October 2021, you released the single Hello Lovely. September 30th, 2022, you released the single Something I'd Never Do. October 12th, 2022, you released the single The Art of Letting Go. October 26th, 2022, you released the single, You Somebody, December 17th, 2022, All I Want for Christmas, February 14th, 2023, Have I Told You Lately, and then March 10th, 2023, you released Vienna. Are all of the songs that you do, aside from the one you worked with, Japan, and the five song, are they all self-produced, or do you work with a studio? I recently started producing my own songs, starting 
with something I'd never do. So everything after that has been my own. And you, <laughs> when you listen through, you could definitely tell <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning and, and it's definitely not something I'm quite comfortable with yet, but it has been a lot of fun. But before that, I was working with studios and, you know, engineers and stuff like that. So yeah, there's definitely a change when you listen to, you can tell, you can tell when you listen to all the songs. <laughs> so then looking back at something I'd never do, how did you feel when you released that one, knowing that that's the one that you produced yourself? I felt really good. I missed writing a lot of times, like like we've talked about, it's cover songs and sometimes too, producers, while I've loved everything that every, you know, music engineer has added, knowing that this one was completely on my own, I was very, very proud and I was a little nervous just because I didn't want to feel embarrassed by my skill level, you know, in comparison to the other songs that I've done in the past. But just knowing everything that I had to learn to do that, all the courage I had to muster up to, you know, sit in my closet and record those words, I was very proud of myself for doing it. So it was definitely very scary, but it was a good step for me. So you perform for this thing called Uprise Sound. You perform Alessia Cara's Scars to Your Beautiful. What is Uprise Sound? and How did you get involved with that? That is a studio in Sacramento. It's actually the first studio that I started recording with. It actually was owned by my friend. And so I was recording with him for uh, years after that. And yeah, Scars to Your Beautiful was one of the first covers that I had recorded. And so he just wanted to make a video of it. And yeah, it was, it was a good experience. It's a great studio. And then also on YouTube, I couldn't find a channel for you on YouTube outside of the Rachel Mullen Topics channel. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a reason why you don't have a YouTube channel? No, I've never really ventured into that side of things. It's always just, you know, 60 second covers on, on Instagram <laughs> and a lot of those I've taken down even. So yeah, I guess that would be something to to look into for the future. I am getting more comfortable with performing songs. I know this sounds silly, but it's so easy to perform covers on Instagram because typically, you know, you'll just do a verse and a chorus, call it a minute and you're good and post it, you know, <laughs> but, um, but to do a song all the way through, that would be a YouTube video. You know, you wouldn't just do 60 seconds. And so I guess that's kind of why I hadn't ever done it quite yet. I'm starting to feel more comfortable singing and playing for people and things like that. So that would be something maybe I would do, but yeah. <laughs> so we'll keep an eye. Yeah. In the future. <laughs> Just keep searching for me on YouTube and you'll see. <laughs> you were also looking into music and sync licensing. For the people that are listening that don't know what that means, could you give them a little description or... Yeah, basically, from what I have learned about it, it's just basically creating music f to sync up with images. So a lot of times you'll see it as like a TV promo, um, ads even. It could be even like intro to a show. It could even be like bar music, like background music in a scene for a show or something like that. TV, movies, or ads, basically. And from my understanding, too, and what I would be interested in doing is remaining an independent artist and then pitching my music to 
music supervisors, and those music supervisors are the ones that are choosing the music for their projects that they're doing. And so that's kind of my understanding. And that's kind of how it appeals to me is that I, you know, I have no interest in becoming famous or anything like that, but it would be really cool to do projects that, you know, could make you money and, you know, doing this thing that you love to do. And after a while, like I can only write so many sad songs like I kind of would like to to get into my musical theater dramatic side and and write something that would be on a show or maybe in an ad someday or something like that I think that would be really cool so yeah so with your songs that you've recorded now if you had to pick one to put into a scene which one would you pick and then what kind of scene would you put it in That's a great question. If I'm being honest, none of them. (laughs) (laughs) I do have some songs that I'm waiting to work with producers on. That's actually something that I'm learning how to do is finding sync producers to work with. I've researched about sync licensing. They say a lot of things about different types of songs that music supervisors are typically looking for. And a lot of times it's either something very happy, very joyful for like a TV ad, very spunky and stuff. And I don't know how to produce like that, nor sing or write like that. I find it very cheesy, but that's, that's the types of things you see in ads, you know? So I'm not saying that it's bad. I just personally can't write like that. So they're not from, again, from what I've heard and seen when I've looked for prompts or posts that they've been looking for, it's never typically a sad song. And so that's a lot of what, what I've just written up until this point. And so to write for sync, I've just been imagining like different styles I want to experiment with and write towards that. But again, I, I don't know if I would put any. <laughs> any of my songs. A lot of people say that their kids fall asleep to my voice. So it might be like on a lullaby or, you know, something like that. While they're learning how to multiply. (laughs) That would definitely not put a kid to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for bringing our guest here on the What's in Your Case podcast. Rachel, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Or you could tell the listeners where they can find your content. I am just on Instagram, maybe YouTube in the future, but um, Instagram, Rachel Mullen Music. And um, I do have a song that will be out by the time this podcast comes out. It's uh, Somebody to Love by Queen. So, yeah. The last couple songs I've done have been for each of my family members. Have I Told You Lately was for my mom. Vienna was for my sister. And so this has been my my dad's request for a while. So I'm finally getting to it. (laughs) 